What's your favourite scary movie? That's right, people. Welcome back to Films of Amigos. Today we're bringing you another top five as we discuss our favourite horrors. Joining myself for the episode is Sam, Big Dad, the amigo himself, Francis Lee, and making his debut appearance, our friend Jack. Welcome back to episode number 10 of Films of Amigos. It's time for the most made-up commercial holiday of the year, Halloween. And we're talking... Valentine's special. What? <laughs> Leave Valentine's out this jam. Just because you don't send me any roses, punk. <laughs> Halloween, we're talking top five horror films. But before we get started, we finally got him. We begged him from day one. He said no. He said no again. He said no again. Then he caught coronavirus. <laughs> it's the guest amigo himself, Jack. Hello. Hello. How are you feeling yeah. with day five of Rona? Good. As good as day five of Rona can be. Pretty tired. Ready to but, talk some horror? Right. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. Been watching plenty, so... <laughs> It's the, the only it's benefit to being locked in your house. I know, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, looking forward to it. We're, we're more than happy to have you here. Thank you very we much. Wanted, yes, we, we, wanted, yes. we wanted you. Yes, it's time. Thanks. Yes. Time. Finally got him. <laughs> Finally got him. And on the day that he probably wouldn't have picked. But <laughs> top five, top five horror. <laughs> You're hyping it up now. They're gonna they're gonna expect, you know, great opinions from me, but they're not gonna get it. <laughs> hey, how about this? If we hype up a bit more, Jack also did his dissertation on slasher films he told me yesterday. So <laughs> that's, let's just put that in there just so people think that you you've got some credentials. Yeah, yeah. I'm a film graduate, me. I'm expecting Bachelor the solid top five. The rest of us are graduates of other useless degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. 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 <laughs> All right, then let, let, let's kick straight into it. Let, let's go. Let's go around round the room. Everybody's uh, <coughs> fifth favorite horror film. Let, let's let's start with you, Jack, with as the guest. What's your okay. fifth favorite horror? So for number five, I've gone for The Exorcist. Now, Ooh. I've debated it long and hard because. I've not actually had a chance to rewatch it in the lead up to this, so I'm going. I'm going from memory, and I've not seen the film in full, like from start to finish, since I was probably thirteen, thirteen or fourteen, um, and it's stuck with me ever since, which I think is testament to how to how scary it was. That little girl, whenever I went to bed and whenever I closed my eyes at night. I was scared to reopen my eyes in the middle of the night, just in case that little girl was sat at the bottom of my bed, you know, her head spinning round, vomiting all over me. It just stuck <laughs> with me for so long. So I feel, even without a, a rewatch, I feel like I've got to include it in my list because of the impact that it had on my life. And when you think about it, it was made in 1973. Um, what? audiences must have reacted how audiences must have reacted to it in the cinema back in 1973 I mean I, I read things about 
um, cinema goers fainting when they were watching it. I can kind of believe it because up until that point, I imagine that there'd be no, no film quite like it. Yeah, I remember my mum telling me, like hyping it up to me when I was young about how how my uncles and, and aunties and stuff and how she and my dad and everyone had just, yeah, like how, how it was like the biggest impact thing. And I was talking to my brother about this doing this episode and he said he has a memory of watching The Exorcist and I was in the room. The man is seven years older than me and I must have been like really, really young. And he said like he just, he, he remembers it as a moment of why Why did his parents put film on while I were in room? <laughs> Shout out to my mum and dad. What up? Whenever I think of Exorcist now, I think Scary Mover. Yeah. It's, yeah, the, the fact that it's been ripped so many times in like other films and stuff. But that's I testament think... to, 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 to the film itself. The fact that oh, it's been spoofed and homage so many times. You know, it's it's ingrained in people's memory, isn't it? And it's ingrained yeah. in cinematic history. So I always think remembered, yeah. Yeah. Did Exorcist make it onto anybody else's list? No. Nope. <laughs> no. It's a no. good shout though. It is it is, shout. it is it is a good shout and very iconic. I have shout. to admit I don't think I've ever ever seen it. <gasps> same same. Get it, same get it watched. And then follow it up with Scary Mover. Don't I know, I know, I know. Like, um, I mean, I know the iconography. So I know the music and the the priest outside the house. Yeah, like the silhouette. music. The music's very iconic as well. Um, Tubular I bells. Recommend, I'd recommend watching oh, yeah. it late at night in the dark, just as you're about to go to bed. Bed, Ben. <laughs> go for it. This, this gonna, week as well. Gonna, get it, gonna, get it done this week. Yeah, if you're gonna do it, do it properly. You know what I mean. Yeah, I, I I think what I'll do is watch it at the height of summer at about <laughs> one pm, <laughs> and I'll probably bless myself with holy water first. I mean, to be fair, it might not it might not hold up if I was to rewatch it again today. It might be it might be completely different to what I remember it. But uh, I'm going be... on I'm going on the memory of a of a thirteen fourteen year old. I think it was... still still holds up. Yeah, I think as well if it's if it's because it, it's linked to that childhood fear, mm. and because you probably got like Rona fever, <laughs> I think it like potentially might mess with you even more. Yeah, your sense your senses are heightened, so you like you might yeah you might react to it differently, or in the same way. Heightened. My senses are high. I'm not. I'm not a fucking superhero. <laughs> He's got no senses. He's got been bitten Just... by a radioactive fucking spider. I've got Rona. What's this case so we can hear? We can hear more. Can we just put this out here? Films of Amigos does not believe that coronavirus gives superpowers. That is not endorsed by this podcast. It is a dangerous virus, people. Wash your hands. Hashtag face mask. All right, then. Uh, Go on, then, Fran. Since since you've given the the most controversial statement so far, what's your number five? Um, well, I'm looking at my top five. I know my, my top three. So my last two were kind of like just in a random order. So I'm going to go with comedy horror, Cabin in the Woods. Interesting. Yeah, I just waiting for some, some kickback on that one. So, yeah. I, think I, like that gonna... oh, sorry. <coughs> I debated about putting it in my list, but it didn't make it in the end. Yeah, I was going to go iconic. So I'm, I'm going to tell you now, my... my the bottom three, uh, yeah, I think you're just going to say the 
there's some strange choices in there, but I thought I'd, I'd touch on some different genres. So I'm going to be like starting with the, the comedy. So this one for me, <clears throat> I think it's awesome. I love the whole setup and the parody of, or, or kind of like a love letter to all the greats that have gone before it. It's like, it's funny, it's gory, but with that like nod to other films that are in the same kind of category. Then you've got Chris Emsworth pre Thor, is it? I'm sure this is like eleven, weren't it? Potentially, mm. I think I think he filmed this role quite a while before it was released. Yeah, I yeah. Think he, he went. He I went look as he didn't look as buff. I think he went through. And a, he's a also got the process. buzz cut. I think his hair's not. He's not got the um, yeah the Thor the Thor locks. But um, I think he's great, and it's one of those things where I can't remember where he was in his his career at that particular point. But the um, spoilers. The, the scene where he dies, because you just think or assume that he's one of the characters that's going to survive, um, or possibly. And I just like the fact that it follows conventional horror movie tropes, but then pulls the rug to reveal that there's the guys in the office, um, I made a note who they are, so like Sitson and Hadley, um, and where they're taking bets on like when certain characters going to die or it's going to trigger this certain event inside the cabin. Um and then it's just got that ridiculous final 20 minutes with all the uh, the creatures and stuff that come out, which I just think's awesome. A little bit heavy on the CGI, but still a quality um, a quality little twist. I'll be honest, I've seen it, but I can't remember anything about it. Even it when on... you talked about it then, it didn't prompt me at all. It was on TV either last week or week before. Um, I watched a bit of it, but... It's, it's, is it on any, anything at the moment? Is it on, uh, it's on Prime? I think it's on both. I think it's on Prime. I think it's um, on Prime, I did see. Where did I make... I've definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, probably just Prime. I thought I'd seen it on Netflix, but yeah, I could be wrong. So yeah, that's my fifth one. Okay. Dan, you want to go next? Can do. Um, sure, we'll get a couple more coming up, but I went with uh, one based on a Stephen King short story. Ooh. I went with The Mist. Nice. Kind of. Oh, man. What? <laughs> this is a bit of a weird one because, like, kind of cheesy and corny and a bit, a bit old school, even though it's, I don't know, just over 10 years old, I'm guessing, by now. Um, but yeah, it's it's mainly the the ending that that sticks with me. Yes, yeah. that was fairly shocking, or yeah, dramatic at least. Um, Who else has uh, seen it? By but the yeah, way? oh yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's... I didn't I didn't consider it at all, but you know, I I, I love it too. It's definitely an honourable mention. No, I think it's a really really good film. I love that whole like locked in the supermarket creatures and then yeah like you said down that ending that twist damn yeah that's that is dark yeah it's a bit like a a throwback and it's just like there's very defined roles for the characters once they're during that supermarket for Mm. like religious woman and military guy and yeah yeah it's Um, got all the stereotypes yeah 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 i'm sure stephen king says this is one of his favorite adaptions of his work, possibly, yeah. Um, if not, maybe even his favorite. 
films with Amigo exclusive. Ben's been on films <laughs> with Stephen King. And he Ben's says, <laughs> don't quote him on it, but he said this is his favourite thing of all well, time. Well, it's, it's one of those things that, one of those facts that goes around. Like Shining, is his, he hates Shining, doesn't he? So, well, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll get well, some of that potential later. Yeah, I don't think I don't think The Shining needs any any bad press. It's great film. <laughs> but yeah, director for this had done, I think, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, and yeah, Green Mile. Green. And then yeah, he went on to do Walking Dead for a bit, which is why there's so many people from from Walking Dead in this, which is kind of a bad thing because. It really started to annoy me Walking Dead. So seeing all these all these characters in it just sort of bring it back a bit. But yeah, despite that, still I still really enjoy it. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a, a great film. I, I like, like you say, that small enclosed setting. You're just in the supermarket. It's all kind of revolving around that. Um, and then obviously the the ending is pure brutality. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it. I'm looking at pictures of it on IMDb now, and it looks familiar, but... Are you doing that on a separate device? Yeah, you're doing that on a separate device. I think, big spoiler alert, Jack, for you and for anybody listening who's not seen The Mist. Oh, don't spoil it. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think you we can't, can't even you can't, yeah. ending. It's, it's can't, such a good end. Ending, so. it, the whole, the whole build-up so and stuff of it is just completely... It's so worth watching it just for that. So excuse some of the effects that may not have held up and some of the other random bits in it, but it's just as a whole and waiting for that ending. Well worth it. I think I think it's largely popular because of that ending, but I actually think that's the worst bit of the film. I actually <gasps> I actually don't like the ending. But I think it's that's like, just kind of like a, a bit of a like T V movie, isn't it? it yes. Yeah. Kind of that's yeah. how yeah. I, was, I described it, yeah. Definitely film for T V. Yeah. Um but with a very dark and twisted ending. Great show there, Dan. Ben, what, what's your number five? Uh, so my number five is uh, Neil Marshall's directional debut, Dog Soldiers. Ooh. So I don't know if you've seen this film, but it, it follows a group of British soldiers who, on a training exercise in the Scottish Highlands, become sieged in the house by a pack of werewolves. I, I saw yeah, it I mean, they, I, Yeah, I'm going to mm. say, one's, is this, is this a late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah, I don't have the date on me. Um, didn't write that down, um, but it, it, it is it is from around that time. Um, I think early two thousands, two thousand two, two thousand two. I I think it's it's a, it's a fun film. It's got kind of dark sense of humour. Doesn't really take itself doesn't really take itself too seriously. It knows like the plot's a bit absurd, and but it just it just does everything right. I love all the characters. I love their <coughs> premise, even though it's not really that unique. But it's just the way tension rises as like they slowly run out of supplies and ammo. Um, and I, I just think it's one of those one of those horror films that I can always rewatch. And I think I find a lot of horror films I don't find them rewatchable. Mm. I think they can be hard yeah. to watch. Yeah, I have to agree with. Um, I have to agree with. I think doing top five, I was like, oh, which ones would I rewatch? So there's the classics that I'm sure we'll touch on. Yeah. But it, yeah, I think you mentioned the other day, Ben, where it was like the top five being about the ones that you would specifically rewatch. So yeah, I think that's a common theme with my list. It's not particularly the 
the most critically rated, mm. but it's just the ones I I find the most rewatchable. And Dog Souls is one of those. It's just a nice hidden gem of a, of a horror film. Where can it be watched? That, that thing just gets so many things right, considering the, the budget and the, the time of when it was made. And I remember, I mean, I, I must have seen it probably quite close to when it came out, not in the cinema. Um, and I remember the werewolves being quite creepy at the time because it's all practical effects. And I think the director hired dancers to play the werewolves. So they're all kind of quite slender and tall, but they just move really freakily. And the, the mask... Really you, quite, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah Dan, you're, you're, Dan could have been one of these werewolves. Damn, Dan's <laughs> in the sequel. Um, yeah, and I just, I just think practical effects just always hold up, especially in horror films. Mm. Where can, uh, yeah, where can people watch it then if they've not seen it? What's it's not on Prime. I've just oh, no. Um, I don't think it's on the streaming service at the moment. No, I think um, if you go to block, if you go to your local blockbuster store, yeah. choices maybe <laughs> choices might have it. Get yourself out of Woolworths, pick it up on VHS. Uh, yeah, you, you can buy it on Prime now. You can buy, you can buy it on Amazon. I rent yeah, it on yeah. Prime. Um, other than that, wait for it to come on. Okay, Dark Soldiers. Well, my number, f- yeah, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready, brother. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going down the same route as Jack. Um, I'm going with a horror film that invokes the fear. Um, Insidious. Whoa. 2010's Insidious, and I'll, 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 I'll simply put it like this: I didn't watch Insidious two and three. I would have scared. <laughs> I ain't watching no sequels. I don't know. <laughs> There's there's lurking figures. There's, oh, there's, Jack, Jack, you've seen this film, and all, haven't you? Yeah, does it, does yeah. it make it to your list? Yeah, or... it's number four on my list. There's um, there's some, and I I watched breathing. it. I rewatched it last night, and I remember watching it in the in the cinema when it first came out, and it being absolutely terrifying in the cinema. And I watched it again last night alone in the dark, and it's just so scary. It's just so creepy. It's so visual. It's not, um, it's not a film. It's not like a psychological horror or anything like that. It's just visual, scary, scary images on screen, scary men, scary women, you know, scary little girl ghosts, stuff like that. You know, it's just so, <laughs> so visually scary, and it's kind of shamelessly visually scary. But that's what makes it so impactful and just so, so, um, so it just sticks in your mind. Um, and also, it introduced me to that horrible song. Um, tiptoe through the tulips, I think it's called. It's a really creepy, really creepy song. Which, yeah, it's it just stays with you. Stays with. I you. think there's that there's that scene where I think they go into <laughs> um it's, the the film's about a family where the son ends up in a coma after a mysterious event in the house, and basically to get him out of the coma, they actually end up essentially dealing with the dark realm and, and, you know, possession and uh, demons and all sorts of stuff. But there's a scene where they go in this room and there's like this black slender demon figure in corner room. And it's like you said, Jack, it's just like blatant, there it is. Yeah. And it's just so unsettling. And then, like, there's the red demon face just over the shoulder coming out of the cupboard, and there's all these things, and it's just 
It's just one of them films that, yeah, I just remember watching it and just being like, nah. <laughs> I remember um, <laughs> the scene in the dining room with the, the, yeah, that creature thing stood behind. I believe it's the main guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, and one of the one of the eerie i'm not sure if it was a jump scare but it was like oh shit it, was. it is it's it definitely was yeah when it's when <laughs> it it's made was. apparent then uh yeah I, I do even though even though i was expecting it yesterday <laughs> it still made me jump because i thought it was the the next scene <laughs> not next scene but i thought it was the next um the next time it cut to the guy but it wasn't it came one uh one jump too soon and it just scared the living fucking daylight out of me I'd say that's a, I'd say that's the biggest jump scare scene of any film that I've ever seen ever. The way that it got me in the cinema was like you know popcorn everywhere. I, didn't, <laughs> I wasn't eating popcorn, but if if I was eating popcorn, it would have gone everywhere. You know what I mean? One of those. <laughs> yeah. I, and 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 if if you're if you're a diehard, I guess critic of the of the definition of horror to invoke fear. Then you know, really, this should be my possibly my number one because I think, um, I guess there's a lot of films that scare me as a kid. This scared me as an adult, yeah. and I guess that's that. That's why it has, to, it had to make my number five. Also, the score is really unsettling as well. I mean, the the, the opening title scene where, um, where it just sounds like nails on a chalkboard. It's just everything about it's just really unsettling and. It's purposely unsettling, just because it, you know, it wants to, it wants to put you on edge throughout, and it succeeds tremendously. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to enjoy that experience, it's available on Netflix. <laughs> Why not spend this Halloween shitting your pants? <laughs> spilling, it it kind of came out in that um... you won't be in a cinema. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of came out in that new wave of kind of horror films that came out around the same couple of years um, I think they were probably it's, these are like the horror films coming out when we were growing up uh, when we were kind of old enough to go see them in the cinema apart from France yeah this, this was a uh, 2010 yeah. this was 2010 so you know yeah, I just most remember of us like, on this call um, would be late teens early 20s and Fran would have been you know early <laughs> 50s mid 20s classic bands <laughs> <laughs> Fran, what did you have as number four? Number four is the it's a cosmic horror. Cosmic. Dan will probably know what's coming. Is this bullshit? Is this, is, is this a bullshit of selling a sci-fi film as a horror? Go on. Yeah. Um, so this is cosmic horror. I, you know, I just I, I read up on it and I'm like, yeah, definitely classing it because it's definitely got a scene in that's horrific. I've gone with number four is Annihilation. This is not horror, bit, but yes. <laughs> it, it, not only is it not horror, it's not really worth talking about. <laughs> so, Natalie Portman, um, she's Desperate incredible in this. Um, she's awesome. Um, yeah, I think it's... I, I mean, I love the book. So, for me, yeah, you, you might not be as big a fan of it, but I'd, I love the book. And then I love the... Um, how this has been interpreted uh, into a film. So I think from the everything from like the score, the setting, the characters, um, and then the events that take place with inside the uh, inside the shimmer. Um, so basically, I don't know who has seen it. Uh, I don't know if everybody has. I've not seen it. 
But it's yeah, it's basically it. um yeah, an alien invasion, but it's why it's an alien crash lands um on Earth and then it forms this ever growing, almost cancerous thing that they call the shimmer, which is like this just expanding like radial infection. Um on the edge of I can't remember what coast it hits in America, but um basically a team of like scientists, so there's like a biologist, medic, etc. Um get sent in um, in order to follow on from a, a team that's previously gone in there um, and have gone missing. Um, and it's it, Natalie Portman's basically following up uh, her husband who's gone missing, but she's not told this to the girls that she's with. So she's like harboring some secrets going in. Um, yeah. And there's basically um, as they get further or closer rather to the actual alien craft itself, more and more shit just seems to go like really strange. They start, spotting and seeing some really like real oddities in terms of how um animals and the vegetation wildlife and stuff have like had or taken effect um with inside the yeah i guess Uh, that is a classic thing in it vegetation vegetation is a classic horror move i'm laying some sass on you i'm sorry (laughs) really (laughs) so (laughs) this (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, basically, the the alien is 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 affecting the the area, um, and it's it's making genes and all the stuff like splice and kind of like a a cancerous cell. Um, but there's a scene in which one of the girls goes missing, um, and the rest are like held kind of hostage by another one that's going a little bit insane. Um, and then it's it's the bear scene, so it's the one where she's kind of screaming out, and they're expecting like, oh, she's alive and she's coming back, but the unable to assist because they're tied up and waiting execution by one of their um, former comrades. But it's actually like a bear that's kind of, she attacked the girl and it's, it's taken aspects of her and it's voice and projecting that as like a decoy. Um, but yeah, that, that scene alone is just horrific. There's that bit and, and then there's something like in there in a there's abandoned a found footage what, yeah like in a abandoned swimming pool i remember there was like you know like some body all take yeah so they, they stumble yeah. upon the foot of the husband um and his team and they're all like they're all tripping out and um i think they cut open a guy and his intestines are like snaking around and everything's just looking like properly fucked up and when the girls rock up um yeah they find that footage and then they see the um the aftermath of one of the guys that was like chained up uh, against the edge of the pool wall. And he's kind of like just exploded against the wall and then formed all this weird, I can't even describe it, but yeah, he's, all of his insides and his head and stuff just kind of split open and formed this weird statue almost. Um, and yeah, and it's about the ending where, so it's, it's Natalie Portman finding and, and eventually reaching the point of impact um, where the alien spacecraft's gone into like a lighthouse. And then it's her encounter with the alien, and then the, the twist that she's either been like duplicated, and it's it's a copy of her that's actually made it back out of the, the shimmer, um, because then she meets with her husband, and yeah, it's 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 got a really like strange open-ended ending, so it doesn't actually like close the book. Um, but I just thought it was good. I thought there's some like really good scenes, but I think it's also just a very good interpretation of the book. It's definitely a sci-fi. Yeah, it's, it's, cos- it's cosmic, cosmic horror. Is, it's it's a good try, but I'm not I'm not sure it's a thing. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's definitely <laughs> just a sci-fi film. 
I don't think it. I don't think it has the horror horror hell elements to it. I think it's more sci-fi apocalypse, but heavy on the sci-fi. But you're allowed. You're entitled to your opinion, Fran. No matter how wrong it is. I'm just chucking in alternative options. All right, cool. Available on Netflix, so I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. This is a. Yeah. It's 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 branded up as a Netflix film. All right. Well, people, if you don't want to be scared, go watch that. <laughs> also, if you want to be bored, go watch that. Ben, what's your number four? <laughs> so my number four is uh, 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Anyone else got this on the list? Uh, just me? Nope. No, not seeing it. Uh, so this film revolves around basically an alien organism that infiltrates Earth society and starts replacing people with um, basically clones and how they uh, slowly start to take over society and then it's about like a group of um, survivors trying to tackle the problem whilst uh, trying to stay awake to not get basically absorbed by this parasite uh, I guess I'm guessing this has been parodied in things before because of kind of, I, that that rings a bell the whole staying awake. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is the this parasite takes you over when you go to sleep, um, and creates like um, um, a clone body of you, which um, is some great practical effects again in this film. Um, a lot of body horror, um, but also it's just the paranoia of the film. I think is the the best thing about it. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what else, else to say. No, that's it. I mean, an old um, school it, horror. It, it does have probably the most, one of the most iconic horror endings of all time. But yeah, I don't want to spoil it. Twist again, um, isn't it? Yeah, it's a real like punch in the gut. The ending. That's what I'll say. Um, what did you say, Jack? Sorry, so there's a, there's I've two seen... versions. Yeah, there's a yeah. There's this a is a remake. Fifties version. I remember 50s watching the fifties yeah. one in uh, at uni, but there was a lot of um, there was a lot of like sci-fi horror films of the fifties that were later remade. Um, it was all on the back of fear of the atomic bomb, basically, and about how uh, um, about how science was was quickly catching up with. Um, war really. Um, so a lot of a lot of the films of the fifties did get a remake. I know the thing was mm. a, was initially made in the fifties, but it's that was definitely a film that you know was worth a remake. And I think even though I don't think I've seen this nineteen seventy eight version of Body Snatchers, it's definitely worth a remake just because at the time you know nineteen fifties technology just wasn't there to, to portray the story that they wanted to portray um, so yeah the, these time, these types of films crying out for remakes yeah it has been remade since as well but that was not very good That's... <laughs> Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig uh, and... I thought there was a Daniel Craig version mm. yeah, yeah not, not so weird. <laughs> the one that you're on about Ben has that got Keith, no, Donald, uh, Donald Sutherland. It does, Donald Sutherland. That's the one. Um, yeah. Jeff Goldblum, a very young Jeff Goldblum. Um, oh, I don't remember. Leonard Nimoy as well. 
All right. Dan, what's your number four? Um, so I'm drawing from a very limited pool of horror films that I've actually watched, essentially. Um, it, it sort of boils down to my peak Cineworld card-holding times of about 2014 to 2016, and then <laughs> any other any other random ones that I might have watched. But uh, for number four, I've gone with The Babadook. Get off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wait, a minute, wait a minute, guys, 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 just get one second. Bye bye, dude. <laughs> Great rendition. Thank you. Thank you. That Sorry, is Dan. Scary, that is as scary as it gets. I didn't want to give you uh, nightmares tonight, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's too late. <laughs> yeah, I do kind of prefer more the sort of psychological thrillery type horror compared to the just pure out slasher jump scare type thing. So this one's very much in in that ballpark, sort of all metaphorical around um, a single mum that um, lost a husband essentially on the way to childbirth in a in a car accident and sort of this Babadook creature sort of the, the representation of um, her relationship with her son that is sort of growing very difficult but um, yeah lots of more creepy imagery I guess rather than outright jump scares and just unsettlingness which is the sort of thing I prefer in a in a horror. You made that sound so depressing, by the way. <laughs> I remember it, it, is, it is fairly depressing. It is. I, I remember there was a lot of hype about this one. Um, and it's one that I wanted to see. Um, so yeah, I think I went when it came out. But um, yeah, I was, I was, well for me, I was quite disappointed. Um, it just didn't have that scary element. So I weren't really going in for the, the psychological side of it. But yeah, I'd, ah, I was hoping it was going to be one of those that would genuinely like terrify me, but. Um, I don't know. I, I remember being quite scared in cinema watching it. Yeah. Not like not. I can't really remember that much think, about it to be honest. I think, I think, I think the actual monster design imagery. was pretty scary, even though the monster yeah. doesn't really play a large part in the film. Um, yeah, you don't. Of course, because the, mon- of course the, mon- the monster is just a metaphor. But yeah. there are times where you do see it, and it is pretty unsettling. Mm. I think the main one where she like looks over to neighbor's window. She sees it like stood behind a neighbor. I remember, I remember that one mm-hmm. specifically. Run, neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do it's think it is one of those kind of is divisive. The right words. Where it's, it's, I think it's one you either love or you hate. Mm. I just, I just want to say, where, where my neighbors park on this road. If I saw Babadook behind them, I'd just be like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Three spaces on the road. <laughs> yeah, that's my my number four. I've only I've not rewatched it at any point, so. Um, but yeah, that one is on Prime at the minute. I think. Yeah, I think uh, it's on Prime. Yeah, I'm sure. So, what's the catchphrase for it? Is it? Something like if you see it in a something, or if you see it in a book, you can't get rid. You can't get rid of the Babadook. You can't get rid of the Babadook. Yeah, the Australian accents do make it probably less scary. You can't get rid of a bear duke, mate. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. I, don't know, I was thinking that. I was thinking, what great value this. How did you explain? <laughs> All right, well, uh, your number four, sir? 
Yeah, it's my, my number four. Um, I went very basic. Pretty much the opposite of what you've just said, Dan. I went <laughs> with a, a, a very... A, a, well, is it, I would say it's a film that builds tension and also has jump scares. Uh, 2007's Paranormal Activity. Yeah, yeah. When this uh, when this first came out, because essentially, what makes this film so successful in, in my eyes is it plays on those core things that people get scared of <coughs> anyway, which is something moving in your room at night when it's dark, or that little tr- tricks of the mind, you know see a shadow or you wake up a bit disoriented, you see your, you know, your bed clothes look like a, a dude in corner or whatever. And it's just all that thing. And it's just, it's just how those, they have those still shots of them in bed. And after you get the first two or three things where something moves slightly, you're on edge because you're, you're scanning the entire screen. You're scanning the full room, looking for what's going to move, whether it's just when Duvet lifts up a little bit or whatever. But it's just how it builds that tension and actually how it then escalates later on when she gets dragged out of bed. And it's like, for the first time watching it, they're like true shock moments. Yeah, I thought it was quite um, haunting. Was it one of the first, though, that did... Because it's not really found footage, is it? It's, it's, I'm trying to take no. away describing like the way that it was filmed. But Well, they, they set up like cameras in their house because, isn't it because some unusual things are happening? Yeah, yeah. So they I'd, I'd, I would say it's, it is found footage. Yeah, I'd say, say it's found footage. Yeah. Yeah. But wasn't this one? I know, I know you're saying it's like from a security camera, but I'd still say it's... Yeah, because it's not, it's not Blair Witch found footage. It's, it's different in no. that it's static, but... Well, I guess the strange thing is, and I've, now we've just started talking about that, I've, I've just kind of remembered the ending oh. is quite shocking because, um, you know, the, the husband gets killed. If I remember correctly, by the wife who's possessed. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I feel, I feel like the sequel's diluted it for me, but yeah, the first one, I'm trying to remember what happened in that one. Yeah. <coughs> well, it all, it all builds up to this bit where, like, like, the, like I said, the, the, one of the true shot moments is when the wife gets whipped out of bed and she's just getting dragged, she gets dragged out of the bedroom into the dark corridor and the husband jumps after bed to go after her. But obviously, there's, you can't see what's got a hold mm. of her. And it's that, it's that thing of the fear of the unknown. I actually saw Paranormal Activity 2 first. Um, and I thought it was rubbish. I didn't think it was very scary. And then I saw this one afterwards. And despite seeing 2 first, I remember this one still I found proper unsettling. And I think it's because of that subtlety in like what actually happens. Like you were saying, it's just everyday stuff. Like the door moves slightly. Mm. It's because it's it's like, you're watching a static frame as well. It's not, you're not, they're not pinpointing where an action or something's going to take place it's it's almost down to the viewer to spot it um and it's that yeah, anticipation so, yeah. of what's next because every single shot feels like it's a setup for like something's going to move so wait for it and then you're anticipating it either doesn't come but then when it does you you're terrified and it's yeah i thought it was great it's a good good one yeah when when your attention's not drawn to a certain part of the screen when it is just a static shot and you, you, you kind of have to look everywhere. Yeah. That that just raises the tension more because then you're thinking it, something's going to happen now, and it could come from from any angle, and you just you're on high alert. That's what that's what adds to the adds to the tension. Yeah, it's that everyday yeah. thing as well, Good isn't time. it? It's just. Um... I feel like the sequels did kind of much like um, much like Saw. I mean, the the oh, the yeah. 
original Saw was great, but the sequels were so bad that people now think badly of the Saw franchise, but they forget that the first film was so good. And I think that's the same with uh, with Paranormal Activity as well. The sequels are so bad that they forget that the good the, the first film was actually yeah. really good. Yeah, just became a bit of a meme afterwards. Oh, still... Yeah, spoofed, spoofed to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paranormal Fifteen. <laughs> Is it? It's like five or six episodes. I'm sure I've seen on Netflix or Prime. Um, I'm pretty sure he even got the Wayne's Brothers treatment in the. It, in it the, did. In the parodies. Well. Oh, they got. Yeah. They, oh, I got the full film, didn't it? Oh, what was that one called? Yeah. Does have the great scene where the door moves and uh, the Wayne's brother gets out of bed <laughs> and runs out of the house, which I think is a, a great bit because that's what you just do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Like, oh, hell no. This is like, yeah, like Joey off Halloween. It's like, hell no. <laughs> yep. Nope. <laughs> yes, the back to a previous episode. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's pick up everybody's number threes. Jack, what did you have as your third favourite horror? Number three, I have gone with Scream 1996 by nice. Wes Craven. Um, it kind of revived the slasher genre in the 1990s because by this point, from pretty much from you know Halloween all the way through the 1980s, the slasher film had been done to death. You know, it had been um, it had been regurgitated so many times because it was you know it was a winning formula, um, but it just felt so tired by the end of the 1980s and kind of took a took a bit of a break and then what Wes Craven did with Scream was make a film that's so familiar you know a story that's so familiar but added the postmodernism, added added the um, self-reflective you know added a bit of humor to the story and just made it made it fresh and interesting again and I think the uh, the opening scene to Scream with Drew Barrymore was one of the most iconic um, scenes of all, in all of uh, in all of horror. Um, Fantastically remade with uh, Carmen Electra. That's it. That's it. And also, well, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing also about Scream is that it gave birth to or it gave way to uh, Scary Movie and the Scary yeah. Movie franchise, and they are hilarious. So forever grateful to Scream for that. Um, yeah, Drew Barrymore. She was you know she was billed as the the star of the film and she was on the poster uh, for the film as well so I imagine people going to the cinema back in 1996 I mean Fran maybe you were there I don't know I can't remember yeah I think but, might, might have been well, yeah, ten, what, 10 year old mid 20s by that point yeah whatever <laughs> so um, people going to the cinema in 1996 would have been absolutely shocked that she that she uh, was killed in the first in the first scene um, and I'm not sure as well. Just with I'm not the. Sure um... I'm not sure. Oh, sorry. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. Edit, edit oh, that right. out. <laughs> um, I'm gonna leave it all in because I, I like I like the authentic fuck ups. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you saw Gogglebox as well last week, but they they showed Scream on Gogglebox, and this well they showed the opening. Uh, scene and just watching the the goggle boxers react to it all and shout at the screen is, is exactly what Wes Craven wanted when you know when they were shouting run you stupid bitch scream you stupid bitch dude don't go back in the house blah 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 
that's exactly what he wanted <laughs> because he knows that we he knows that we as horror watchers were doing that throughout the 1980s and throughout the uh, throughout the the initial slasher cycle and he plays on that and so he pulls you he pulls you in by making a film that's so familiar and so frustrating to watch in uh, in that regard and uh, just reimagines it puts a fresh spin on it and I thought it was really really good I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Definitely. It didn't make my fire, but it's a, an honourable mention. I I agree. And again, when I was talking to my brother, he, he said straight away that that would be on his mm. on his on his list. So. Yeah. Did it make anybody I'd else? Say yeah. it's just behind Halloween in terms of slasher films. But I do think it's above all the rest. Uh yeah, I've just got it as honourable mention. Yeah, like you said, it's it's peak slasher but it's it's just that it's just got a different edge to it than than all the others that like you said yeah. uh, jack i love the ending as well come to expect i love the uh the end on the screen i think too many slasher films are just a bit have generic endings but like like you said they just became the same kind of formula and i feel like scream uh, definitely mixes it up everyone must have seen it so not massively spoiling it but just uh give us a reminder ben <laughs> so there's the um it's kind of revealed the, there's actually two killers. One's the the boyfriend, and then the other's Matthew Lilliard, who kind of plays like the comic relief character through the film. Um, and he, he's he's a bit unhinged in the in like the final bit. Is he the one that's quoting all other movies so, and saying someone who plays Shaggy? Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Another one who's quoting yeah. the others is yeah. uh, Jamie Kennedy, who's like another another character in it but even even I can remember one scene where he doesn't get killed Jamie Kennedy doesn't get killed and he's like oh, I should have been dead I'm so glad I'm a virgin <laughs> because he knows that having sex in a horror film gets you killed so it's it's kind of that self self uh, reflective theme throughout which I, which I really enjoyed I kind of find it Ghostface is kind of like a, a very clumsy killer as well. Oh, he is, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just it just adds to the the horror though. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, I know they, real... send, they send this up in scary movie as well, but he's a real yeah, person. It just seems uh... he's not like some kind of you know unbeatable force. He's just uh, it's just a teenager with a mask on. Yeah, yeah. I think that do you know what as well? Like the iconic status of a killer is the fact that the mask just gets sold forever at Halloween oh, as yeah. a costume and it's kind of like you know Mike Myers <coughs> uh, Jason's hockey mask the Scream Ghost mask uh, you know it's, they're, they're the iconic ones that they just get repeated year after year no matter how many times that um, you know generations move on or whatever it's they are the ones that stick around alright Fran, what's uh, what's your number three? Number three for me is It Follows. I also have that on my list. What number now? Uh, number one, to be honest. Whoa, damn! <laughs> <laughs> I I love this. Um, it was a yeah, completely unexpected. Um, so I just thought oh, it's another one that's been like billed as this like you know it's a Hollywood like this is like the greatest horror that they've done in ages and I just thought oh, it's just too much hype but I absolutely loved it loved the premise loved the kind of just open-endedness of the ending again um, and just that build-up the scenes in which 
um, for instance, like on the beach where it's the thing is there, but you can't see it, but then it's displayed with like her hair lifting up. Um, I don't know how many of you see. Has everyone seen this? Well, well, what is the premise? Because I haven't, I haven't seen it. So you've not seen it. Oh shit! Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but it follows as basically the film starts with a girl at the beginning running onto the street, traumatized by some event that's happened that we're <coughs> we're all unknowing, like what's what's going off. Um, but basically, it's a thing that's passed via having sex with somebody. So you have sex with someone, and you pass this. Um, say curse is the best word yeah, curse, yeah. you're passing a curse onto somebody else and basically it's just this thing that's following you and should it catch up with you then you you basically you die in a horrible way um, in order to get it off you onto somebody else you need to pass it on by having sex with them um, so Dang. the girl at the beginning um, she's obviously realised that because um, I can't remember how she's like dressed and stuff but it suggests that she's been on a like a bender and she just runs into the middle of the street. It's like very early morning um, and she's trying to get away from this thing. Um, she ends up on the beach, calls her parents for like one last time and just to say that she, like, she loves them. And then the next thing cuts away. And when we cuts back, she's been like disfigured and um, legs twisted and she's just been left on the beach dead. And then it moves on to like the, the main cast of characters in the film um, in which the same kind of thing happens to um, happens to them. But, it's just watching it through the like the main protagonist uh, main protagonist view, um, and just looking out onto like the school yard and seeing just this thing approaching, just walking slowly. So it's a bit like Halloween it, that there's a, it's a walking pace. So this this creature shows this... a different person every time, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a different is... person every time. Yeah, but no one else can see it. Yeah, so it's only the person that's cursed basically that can see this thing approaching them. Um, and like I said, should it approach them and actually like grab them, then yeah, they're going to meet a, a grisly end. Um, but yeah, some of the scenes in it, absolutely brilliant. Um, I love that opening beach scene. Um, um, yes, yeah, so when, she, when she's disfigured there and then later on when they're all, they're thinking that they've put some like serious distance between them and the, the thing that's following them. Um, but then it just approaches them. And I, I just think that's like such a tense um, encounter with it. And then the ending as well, it's kind of set up that it's oh, it's just a good twist. You've not seen it, Sam, so I definitely recommend it. And it's on, uh, it's on Netflix. It's just good oh, atmosphere look- again in this, and the score, and it's kind of not set in any specific point in time. It's just, yeah, it's it's the atmosphere that I enjoyed most about this one. Very creepy. Again, no particular jump scares. It's just like impending dread and yeah yeah because you don't actually because it just embodies other random people pedestrian civilian it just the fact that like it's not a monster in itself so it's just random people approaching but it's just it's just that fear of knowing what's going to happen when it eventually catches up with you i guess my question is ambiguity around it do you get do you get to know the origin of the curse there is a brief scene, I believe, where they're sat outside the guy. So the, the main girl, the main protagonist, um, she's kind of screwed over by this guy, but then they eventually catch up to him. Um, and he's like, oh, don't tell my parents. And they kind of sit on his garden. And he does explain um, a bit of the backstory, but I don't think he goes into full detail of how it first came to be, unless I'm mistaken. No, I don't think he just reiterates the rules 
of what's happened and that she's like, he's had sex with her and she needs to pass it on to somebody else. That's another great scene actually where he, he first has sex with her and then he, he kind of knocks her out and ties her up. Oh, I know. Um, yeah. And wait, waits, waits for it to come so he can show it her and then says, mm-hmm. this is what your life is going to be now. This is, don't let it get close. It's a, it's a great watch. So I'd, I'd highly recommend yeah. you check this one out, Sam. I feel like you, Jack, it could have been seen even better though. No, I've not seen it. Like it. Oh, damn, both of you then. Yeah, get, get it on. What are you saying, well, better? I've got yeah, I was just saying, like, I feel like it could have been even better. I feel like it missed out on some. I some didn't kind of enjoy. It's like the swimming pool bit, I didn't enjoy too much. Mm. Found like it felt like a bit of a, an easy way out, but. That's only a, a very slight criticism. I did enjoy that's, all the rest. I thought that bit was great because it just sets up that next bit where he's kind of like prowling and hoping that by passing it on to some other randomers means that he'll be um, relieved of the curse. But then it's just that final shot and you're just like, is it or is it not still following them? True. But yeah, this got... Uh number one for me because it's one of the, the few Blu-rays I own so I thought this must have this must have made uh, have an effect on me <laughs> when I did watch it in the cinema that uh, I felt the last impression to see it. so yeah <laughs> and where it remains collecting dust <laughs> okay then fair enough so uh, what was your number three Dan we know that's your number one but what's your number three uh, number three I went with Green Room so this one's a bit more on the scene of outright gore and and violence. Um, yeah, yeah, thriller. You're not feeling you're not feeling the horror element. No, I I I think I mean I I can appreciate where you're coming from, and I guess th- this film, for one, is a fantastic film. Two, the level of violence is. As, as violent as you can get, as raw and as ultra-violent as you can get, which I think to a lot of people would be disturbing and upsetting and, you know, have the same effect as horror, so I can get it from that point of view. But I think because maybe I'm just a bit too desensitised <laughs> to violence, I don't think it, I don't think it even registers on my radar as being close to horror. But no, please continue. So this is this is not a cosmic horror, it's more a, a horror thriller. <laughs> So it's a violent thriller. Go on, Dan. Yeah. Explain, explain, explain the uh, horror element of this one. Again, it's just the the constant sense of <coughs> sense of dread. It's sort of the confined environment that they're they're trapped in. So, premise is essentially punk rock band out on tour, find themselves playing at some neo-Nazi club in the middle of the woods somewhere. Um, and essentially witness a murder and get get locked in the the backstage room, the the green room, um, and yeah, sort of their plot to escape and fight their way out, essentially, which is where the violence comes from. Uh, led by Patrick Stewart as the as the ringleader of the neo Nazis, which is a nice appearance. But yes, plays a great role. Yeah, yeah, it's very claustrophobic and um, yeah, like the violence just keeps on ramping up um, due to 
uh, was like the the severity of the situation builds. Um, yeah, it's quite shocking and uncomfortable at times, as you say. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I think enjoy some, it. I think some of the violence in it's like um, really good, as if I remember it correctly, because I think it's quite like quite realistic to. It's not clean, you know. There's no, there's no clean choreographed fights. It's kind of more like it's very raw, yeah. R- what real violence is like, you know, people get slashed and stuff, and it's just, you know, it's well, like you say, it's just raw. It's just, it's a hard watch. But is 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 it available to watch on anything, Dan? Is it on Prime uh, on Netflix or anything? It's, def- sure it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, definitely worth a watch for anybody who's not seen it. Another good shout. Who who am I missing? Ben, have we had your number three? Not yet. Just, you and Ben. Um, so my number three is the Evil Dead Two. two. Um, <laughs> yeah, number number two specifically. Yeah. Um, so this is horror film I saw when I was quite young, probably staying up way too late without my parents knowing, watching it on what well, is probably now a laughably small TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is it is a full on comedy horror, but I think it's probably one of the few that gets the balance almost perfect between horror and comedy. Um, I don't know if anyone else has seen it or not. I've seen it, but um, I only remember because I was browsing some videos and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't remember the full story, but I do remember there were some interesting scenes. Yeah, so it it, it borders on horror, then it it goes to almost slapstick comedy there's um a scene where the main character this is i've not seen evil dead by this point evil dead is a full horror and even though this is a sequel it's more more of a reboot if you've um doesn't necessarily follow on directly um so there's a scene where the main character han gets infected by this evil presence it's just like an evil force that surrounds the cabin and he ends up having like a fight with his own hand and he's smashing plates on his head. Um, and then he ends up cutting it off with a chainsaw to the line of who's laughing now. <laughs> um, but it, the, the violence is like proper visceral and way over the top at times. But then it just never lets go of the horror either. There's always that claustrophobia, unexpected jump scare. Um, that atmosphere is always present. Um, and it, it also birthed one of the horror icons in Ash. I don't know if anyone's a fan of the Evil Dead franchise, but Ash yeah. with his uh, chainsaw hand and uh, sawn off shotgun, I think he's just um, one of the great icons of horror. Yeah, I remember the third one very well. And then yeah, I kind the, of the third, the third one kind of takes the, uh... the balance into comedy. The, the yeah. army of darkness. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely more comedy. And I know there's been a lot more of, um, like you say, the return of Ash, hasn't there? In, in, in some more Ash modern series. Evil Dead. Ash versus Ash Evil, Dead. Evil Dead is a. That's I serious. really enjoyed that. It's a good TV series. Um, again, that borders more on the comedy. Hmm. Than the I was going to go back and watch that because um, I don't necessarily have like a fondness for the for the character. I just remember that second outing, and then Army of Darkness. I do, I do remember quite enjoying that and then I thought ah oh, there's that series on Netflix it's one of those that I've added to my list but just never got around to watching yeah. some uh, proper evil vegetation in Evil Dead that's what I'll say some, uh, <laughs> yeah no vegetation <laughs> in green room 
No, no cosmic horror. No, right then. Right, you and Sam. Here's what you think. Well, my, my number three, um, prepare for a terrible impression, is uh, including a special clown. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, Georgie. <laughs> How about that? Not bad. You want some p- 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 popcorn? <laughs> Terrifying. No bad, right? Hey, hey, um, you know, if Scars Guards are, I'm in. Let me know. Let me know if you're making a it free. But um, yeah, it it part one, 2017. Um, not seen the original, so we, you know, just skip over that. But it, I just think for one, this was a film. You guys know you've been to cinema with me a lot. I hear a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like just modern films like I just the amount of times cinemas just let me down not cinema sorry the film industry you know the cinema industry needs our support but anyway film, films in general a lot of modern films let me down but I remember coming out of seeing it and being fully satisfied I'd been scared I'd laughed you know cried all the all the emotions don't really cry but I just think I just think it's just such a well rounded film Obviously, a lot of that credit has to go to Stephen King for the story. But the cast in this with all the young kids, they're all amazing. And I just think, yeah, visually, um, the special effects with Pennywise are all great. Obviously, like, like I say, Mr. Skarsgård is, is fantastic as Pennywise as well. So, it. I don't really got much else to say about it. Great film. Yeah, yeah. I found it very unsettling. Less, less jump scary. I didn't really find it too scary in terms of jumps, but just the atmosphere it creates. I think that's largely because of the the kids. I think there's like there's like a power powerlessness when you're a kid, and then um, <laughs> just that that creepy atmosphere. Yeah, and it's kind of like each the the how the you get a great thing with um, how Pennywise uses each kid's individual fear and you've got the Jewish kid who's, you know, he's scared of like the older people at the synagogue and then you've got um, the butcher kid with the fire, the girl whose dad's abusive and everything and just all these things and all all those individual scenes are great in themselves and obviously then you get the great scene where they go into the old creepy house on the end of the street you know, just like when Georgie is turned into little demon Georgia, we all float down here. All, all the, I just think, yeah, just a, a well-rounded horror film. And in modern, modern, in modern last five years, one of very few films that I've, I've uh, outright enjoyed and rewatched. When we talked about rewatchables, when this when this did come <coughs> on to uh, Netflix, did give it a rewatch. one I've not seen. What was is chapter two any good as well then? Because I enjoyed chapter two. Long? I think really. I think yeah. I think I think chapter I think chapter two is good. I just don't think it's it's just definitely not rewatchable. Yeah. Like the, the the first one the first one's you know I think it's really good and I think it is rewatchable after a certain amount of time you can go back and you can appreciate it again. But yeah, two two is a a one and done. Two's a yeah close the yeah close the book on close it. the story. Mm. 
So it's one of those where um, when I heard it coming out and I thought, oh, the characters, the trailer, great setup. And I thought um, the shift from what seemed to be a bit of a campy horror in the original, um, I thought, oh, yeah, the update, it, it's gonna, it looks genuinely like it could be quite scary. Because this is, this is the problem I have with horror. It just, it just doesn't scare me. Like, it's, it's hard to build myself and be like, oh, I can't wait to see this film because it's just, it looks terrifying. And when you sat there, it's like, I'm just... I've, I, w- I want to feel terrified when I'm watching the film. Um, but I thought in the build-up, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to jump on the hype and I'll be like, right, I'm going to buy the book, not realising that it's it's <laughs> 3,000 pages long. So I never got to finish it in time for the film. Um, but I did, the bits that I read of the book, um, it all got kind of captured in in part one. And I just thought, I thought there were some, some really good aspects, visual there, um, like how it captured Pennywise's like, incarnations of different things and stuff I thought were great. Child actors surprisingly all right it's just that ending it's it's always the ending i think that lets it down on these types of films where he could just kill them just kill them outright literally just grab one of the kids squeeze them squash them and, it, and they'd be done but <laughs> but he doesn't he just he just drags it out and it's just like ugh. it just bugs no, me I... it, it frustrates me how how he could just quickly kill them all but just drags it out because you know for the, yeah, for the sake of the plot i know but it there needs to be some what shock. It, Fran, there saying, needs to be some shock death, it. but that doesn't really happen. But there's got a whole other over half of the book to fulfil. I know that's that's you know, where, I, that's, I, the I, problem. I, that's where the problem lies because they, they split it. You already, you already knew that there was a sequel coming, so it was like, well, certain characters cannot die. I know, but that's I, what they should I, have I, done. Look, it, interpreting a book is like, yeah, we already know the story, but it's when a you know a filmmaker. Di- like you know, kind of differs from that in order to create a bit of a shock. Um, I think when you put this film up against your sci-fi bullshit selection, uh, <laughs> you know, it just mops flow away. But anyway, it's not. It's not about. It's not about. It's not about Stephen King, the Godfather of horror, versus uh, sci-fi. This is just about appreciating 2017's it. Let's let's move on. Jack, what's your number two? My number two is Hereditary from 2018, I think. Um, has anyone else seen it? Yeah. No. So I have. Yes. It's a film. It's a. It's very much a film of two halves. So the second half of the film is out and out horror. It's it's creepy. It's um, it's gory, it's everything that you'd want out of a horror film. The first half of the film is very much a drama and very much, it's got horror elements, but uh, the horror really doesn't kick in until halfway through. It's quite it's quite a long film, it's about two hours long. Um, but because I enjoyed it so much, that just didn't, that just didn't matter to me. Um, so for those who have not seen it, it's um, it follows a family who are grieving the death of a grandmother. Uh, and then very early on in the film, like half an hour within the film, they they have another another death in the family, um, a death of a thirteen year old daughter. And now this scene where she where she gets killed is absolutely one of the most harrowing scenes I've seen in all of in all of film. It's it's, it's a just a lamppost. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a horrific yeah. accident where she um, 
the little girl is allergic to nuts and she's had some chocolate cake at a party. So her brother is running her to the hospital in the back of a car. Um, so she sticks her head out of the window because she's clawing at her throat. She can't breathe. She sticks her head out of the window, presumably to get some more air. Um, and she hits her head on a, on a lamppost and gets decapitated. And it's absolutely... The scene that follows is more is, is worse than the actual decapitation because you don't see the decapitation you don't see a head falling off what you just see is the brother who's driving the car just slowly stop the car in absolute shock waits for a few seconds doesn't even look in the back seat to see uh, to check on her he just drives home in in shock really slowly pulls up to the house gets out of the car goes in the house goes to bed um and the next morning he's still wide awake, in bed, and you just hear the mum in the background say, oh, I'm just going to the shop. Anybody want anything? No, no, I don't want anything. Oh, okay, we're back in five minutes. She toodles out and she finds her daughter's body in the back of the car, and the screaming that follows is just absolutely horrendous. It's it's something that really, really sticks here. It stuck with me. Um, and the, yeah, the, the second half of the film is 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 about... The spirit of that um, of that thirteen year old girl. It's it's well worth a watch. It's well worth. I don't want to give too much away, but it's well worth a watch. It's so. It, I just found it so good, so clever, uh, so compelling, and even without the horror element, I just found it a really interesting story. Uh, but obviously, the horror element is what makes the film so great in the end. I was gonna. Um... I won't be watching. <laughs> no. Very, it, it's very well made, very well acted. Uh, I think it was actually direct to direct. It was his first ever feature film as well. So, and he went on to made to make Midsummer. Midsummer. Well, I yeah. watched it yesterday, Midsummer for the first time. Oh yeah, um, I watched it this week, but it it didn't make my list. It's good. It's good. I think I, it's no, not I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was yeah. as good as Hereditary, but yeah, it's good. Hereditary is one of those that I was thinking about going back to, so I definitely agree that it's a, it's a good choice. And that particular scene is... That's on Netflix at the minute, is bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very... It's so creepy throughout as well. I mean, the the, the mum in the uh, in the film, she she makes, like, little um, figurines in dollhouses and stuff like that, and the entire film is shot like it it's in a doll's house so the you see it's like a, a wall has been taken out of uh, of the house and we're just we're just an outsider looking into this doll's house it's very creepy throughout really well made I, I do think this film suffered when I watched it to a bit of overhype there were kind of few films that came out a bit like that um, The Witch yeah. can mm. think of one this is um hereditary. Yeah. They got very they got very hyped up in terms of how scary they were. But I wouldn't say this is a very it's not like an all out scary film. I'd say it's I more would, psychological the way I would absolutely disagree. Apart from with the that last maybe <laughs> maybe the last twenty minutes. I really I quite like the ending, to be fair. Yeah. I would say uh, it's not jump scary, apart from a couple maybe a couple of jump scares in the second half of the film. But it's 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 more the creepy eeriness throughout the film and some horrific gore, just the, just the odd 
the odd bit of gore spattered throughout the film. It's not, you know, it's not like a saw where it's just continuous. Um, but it just makes it more impactful when uh, when you do see it because it's like, oh, oh, damn, oh, weren't expecting that. <laughs> but yeah, well worth a watch. And available on Netflix now, Hereditary. Yeah, yes, it is. All right, Fran, what sci-fi are you picking for your number two top horror? <laughs> <laughs> it's the ultimate second sci-fi horror, um, Alien. Well, I think. This one, Somebody I think this one, this. I think you'll win more people over on this debate. I'm, I'm on board yeah. on this one. This, this is definitely science fiction horror. Yeah. The second one is science fiction action, but this yeah. is definitely horror. Um, I, I love this. Yeah, I, I think I love this more now just because I like it as the. You said earlier about like sequels diluting it and stuff, and I think the same things happened with this one, but I just love this original film so i think when you think about you know all the stuff that they've done with the spin-offs and stuff have been a bit crap and covenant and all the other ones but when you look back at this one this this could have just been its own thing um and not needed a sequel and it just stand up even today it was i mean some of the effects maybe maybe not so much but i think it's awesome so has anybody not seen this everybody alien seen as my as my number one Oh, damn. But yeah, I think it's awesome. You've got, you know, the, the face hu- introduction to the face hugger, um, <coughs> the acid blood, the, the chest bursting scene, which is like, obviously the most iconic part of it. Um, Ripley's character being an absolute badass. Um, you've got the, the twist with uh, that Ash being a robot and spewing milk all over the place. And, um, <laughs> and then... Um, I'm trying to remember some other scenes in it, but I just, I just think as a as its own thing. I mean, like the technology is like that's not aged very well, but just the setting, the 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 dread. I know we've touched on that in other films and stuff, but this is just like, this is not somewhere that you'd want to be. I would not want to be on this um, Nostromo ship heading towards this signal, and nah, I'd be completely out. But <laughs> I really enjoyed this, and I love the fact that like this is set up like Alien almost as like a, a brand. Um, and I think yeah, followed up with an awesome sequel, um, which is like probably one of the best sequels, apart from Terminator Two. Um, but yeah, I think the the creature design as well um, it is just absolutely like fascinating. Um, Love the whole like concept of that, and then the way that it kind of the alien queen gives birth, and then the face huggers, just all of the um, yeah, all the different aspects of the actual alien itself. Um, I think are awesome. The characters are good. Um, yeah, and the fact that this is like, is this 80s or, or was this touching into 70s? Is this older than that? 70s. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a fantastic film. Very well done. Um, so, direction, the, the, even just the credits, the opening credits, just how iconic they are. So, from a di- design perspective, the sound, it's, a, it's just a very, very good all round horror. Science right. fiction. I'd say better Jack. than good. <laughs> Let's hear from Jack. Is your number one? No, I'd just uh, I'd mirror what Fran said. I think the the fact that it's um, 
yeah, production values wise, it feels dated, but you can you can just you can overlook all of that because the film is just so good, because the performances are so good, because the story is so good, because the tension is so high throughout. I think it's just I don't think it's just the best horror film of all time. I think it's the best sci-fi film of all time as well. And the fact that it merges the two. Uh, I was I was debating whether or not to include it because mm. I think you can kind of make a, a podcast you know, on its own about whether or not it's it's classed as horror or whether or not it's classed as sci-fi. But um, it's it's definitely got the horror elements. I mean, swap the alien for a man with a knife and it's essentially the same formula. It's, a, it's, a, it's something stalking mm-hmm. someone, looking yeah. to kill them. And uh, in this one, it's, it's definitely... only the single alien, isn't it? Whereas it was the yeah. sequels yeah, that and... set up that there's like a, a hive. And... Yeah, and you're right. Alien Aliens... The second one is is an action. It's a sci-fi action, but this one definitely a sci-fi horror. Um, and yeah, for me, for me, nothing nothing beats it. <gasps> Controversial, Jack. There is a film that beats it, but we'll get on to it. <laughs> <laughs> this is another film where I, I have um, horror stories from my, my parents going to see it in cinema, <laughs> um, particularly about the chest bursting scene, of course, about how that mm. how that was at it's the just time. So, so iconic. Yeah, mm. so iconic. Everyone, everyone knows that scene. It's just so iconic. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's it's a great pick. It's a great film. Um, I can't fault you for having it on your lists. Yeah, I agree with that one. All right, then, yeah. uh, Dan. Dan, do you want to chuck in next, or you, Jack? You want to add something else? I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say. It feels like there's a book coming there, Sam. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I just think no, no. I guess I think if you if you're looking at it, if you're looking at the Alien franchise from a horror point of view, Alien One is the one. I think yeah. actually there's, yeah. there's always a debate between Alien and Aliens. People always have a favourite, and I don't think either either opinion's wrong. I think for me, Aliens is my favourite because I, I, love, I prefer the action, more action element of it. Yeah. I'd completely agree with you there, but I think um, with the, the whole top five horror thing, couldn't really put Aliens into it because I just there are elements of it, but it's just a far better action film than it is a horror film. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. A- a- Alien is the is the one for the horror debate, definitely. All right, Dan, what's uh, what's your number two? So as I was trying to come up with my top five, I was feeling a bit guilty about not having some of the the more classic ones in there and feeling that I've just not, not seen enough. So I thought I'm going to, I'm going to pick one and watch one. So I picked the shining and really enjoyed that. So I've, uh, I've stuck it in. At number two. I more will Stephen join King. you. Um, the shining's my number one. Oof, there we go. So yeah, I had not seen it before this week. Um, what? But I know <laughs> that is, that is why I was feeling guilty. I thought I need to watch it really. Um, but yeah, it was great. Obviously, you can't fault Jack Nicholson's performance at all, nor the kid Danny. I thought he was really good as well. Um, but yeah, it's just iconic. Just so much of that pop culture that you suddenly realise 40 years on why it's still so recognisable without having actually seen it. It's just like the scenes on the on the trike, the twins... The uh, the blood out of the elevator. They're all just oh, so ingrained now. Into that's a good scene. You know, and I, I think what Ben was saying earlier about practical effects. 
the blood in the yeah. elevators, you know, clearly a practical effect. Yeah. Yeah, you can just and imagine that... the crappy CGI version now that would just be Yeah. So obviously bad. But yeah. And like you say, the twins, just two little girl twins, so unsettling. Yep. And and, and it obviously it just stands up, doesn't it? I think just the whole thing, the isolated um, hotel. Yeah, it's a very simple, simple setup, I guess, isn't it? Just we need you to, to come and work in this isolated location by yourself for, for five months. It's a classic setup, but yeah. Send anybody very, insane. Very it's a bit like being in lockdown. Yeah. Are you, um, are you ready for another Sam's classic film performances? <laughs> yeah, ready. Here we go. Have you got your red rum? Red rum, red rum, red rum. No bad rum. Sounds, sounds like the Babadook one as well. Uh, no, don't. No, no. Listen, listen very carefully. Listen. Okay. Can we get here's Johnny as well? Babadook. Babadook. And then this one's red rum. <laughs> Look, I used to practice red rum because I knew that my mum didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> And he like he, he, he you know he writes it on door, doesn't he? Red yeah. rum, and he's repeating that mum sees murder in mirror. Yeah, yeah I think I, I thought that Danny was just really good for a kid actor to just be able to sort of have that second personality with Tony. Is it that he's he's like his alter ego? Yeah, when he talks to his finger. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Just just him doing that, I thought it was very impressive. Yeah, just the whole thing as well with um I can't I can't remember what the black guy's role is. Is he is he does he work at he's the, the hotel chef. or something? He's, he's the, the chef, chef, yeah, and he yeah, and he you know, that's when you kinda of get this the actual thing about the shining and why the kid can almost see these uh these spirits and things that are haunting and all that, but and that, and now he can uh telepathically uh, communicate with, with the chef. But but for me, the reason why it made number one is because it's the film that I watched too early in life. I should not have seen this film at the age I did. And it absolutely scared the shit out of me. And I believe if I watched it now, it would just bring all that all that emotion back. And um, I remember watching it multiple times growing up, which is strange. But yeah, I, just, I agree. I just think the performances are all fantastic. It's 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 not jump scarer. It, it's that right. is that sometimes that visual horror, like you say, just the twins in the in the corridor, um, the old lady who, who's split her wrists and the being rotting in the bath. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the yeah, added element. Imagine if the... you were if you were watching that as a as a kid, that would have uh, definitely been a freaky one. Oh yeah, no doubt. And then I like say Jack Nicholson's just losing his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, or work in no play makes Jack a dull boy <laughs> and also well, without The Shining I wouldn't have all these photos of you guys trying to recreate that Where's Johnny moment <laughs> when we did the Zoom quiz that was good. In, whenever it was so yeah it's, it's, it's worth it just for that <laughs> Fran there's, there's your artwork that's, that up. that's the one I mean is, is there a more Iconic shot from a film, <coughs> you know that that is just repeated so heavily. Um, 
you know, it's been repeated so heavily by all all comedies, and now it it's a meme. It's memed galore, isn't it? I did have to look up why he said "Here's Johnny" rather than like because he he's called Jack in the film as well. I think, isn't he? It's like why is he why is he referring to Johnny? But I think it's just related to some TV show that was on at the time. Um, Improvised. Yeah, what you saying earlier, Ben, around like um, yeah, I've seen a bit around. Al Stephen King did not like this adaptation at all, but it seems weird that he'd be more like Stanley Kubrick would be allowed to sort of run away with it and change what he liked. You'd have thought Stephen King would have a, a bit of control over things. I'm guessing that's not how it works, perhaps. But no, I'm guessing once you sell the the rights to your film, you yeah, yeah it depends on the deal that you get for the rights, isn't it? I mean, if you if you have a deal whereby you have some sort of say then i'm guessing you don't make as much money from it but i don't know you probably just sold out so. yeah i think the, it changed the ending eddie because there's like that whole thing around like there's a, a photo of like from the 1920s as if uh jack's character had been sort of permanently stuck in the hotel as if you've sort of been sort mm. of like never-ending cycle of yeah because there's the caretaker. Uh... Yeah, he's had a ghost bartender in there, and he's in the yeah. photo with the bartender. Yeah. But yeah, I think that was something the, that has been changed. You know, the whole maze scene at the end is quite good, and just that shot of Jack Nicholson just frozen in the snow. Yeah. No, that's a classic. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad I uh, I picked it to watch, and I can feel like I'm a, a bit more clued up now at least. Yeah, it's good. It's a good show. Definitely my number one. Uh, ben, have we had your number two? No, we haven't. Um, I've got a, a sci-fi horror for mine, number two. Um, potentially think this is going to be friend n- number one. Damn. Um, so, so let me let me just get my voice on. Uh, why don't we just sit here for a little while, see what happens? So, my number two is the thing. Yes. John Carpenter's 1982. Film. Yes. Um, this would I think, be the other one that I wanted to watch if I could have found it, but I, I settled on Shining. Yeah, I think this is probably on, on my list anyway. The the most highly rated horror now, although it wasn't at the time. It, yeah, I think it got quite slated at the time. It, yeah, it didn't do very critics well. Critics are wrong sometimes. It turns out. Yeah. It took a while didn't um, it, for people to kind of get on board with it. Well, it's just the, the setting, the Arctic setting, and the. The kind of claustrophobia of the facility they're in, and the the paranoia um, of this alien creature that kind of infects and takes the place of other people, um, and then there's the gore, which um, I think is probably what he's best remembered for, and that's probably deservedly so, because the the effects are just incredible even now. <coughs> I still think they just hold up so well. Yeah, that's the benefit with like practical stuff, I'm guessing, isn't it? It just doesn't tend to age. No. Um, I think it has, again, it has one of the most iconic horror scenes, I think, of all time, with the, um, the testing of the blood, which has um, been parodied m- numerous times. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, this yeah. is another one that I think I've probably the... seen quite a bit of stuff referenced, but never actually... Yeah, it's that interrogation and then the uh, it's the autopsy as well, isn't it? That both are... oh the autopsy with the um yeah the defibrillators chest chest bursting bit 
Um, I've never seen it. Never oh. seen this film as well. I'll, I'll just put it in there with me, me and Dan probably need to watch this together when Rona's over. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an incredible um, film. And then, and then the ending. I think it's one of the best horror endings. It's not like I wouldn't say it's not a happy ending. It's not like heroic, but it's not like a cheap ending either. I think it's. I think it's just a perfect ending for a horror film. Yep. Completely. Uh, Fran, okay. Anything to it? Was it on your list, Fran? Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's my uh, it's my number one. Um, yeah, I think Kurt Russell um, as Macreda. Is that right? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, Kurt, Kurt Russell's the coolest. Kurt guy Russell ever. is just like so. yeah, ten out of ten for him. But um, yeah, it's just one of those films now where um, well, I, I know I love it because I, I not only watched it like loads when I was growing up. I remember it got a re-release at cinema. Um, and I've thought about watching like some other classics and stuff before, but it was only the thing that I went back and actually watched. Um, I still enjoyed it just as much. I mean, I know I like stuff to be visually spectacular. Um, and this, some for some aspects, don't hold up, but I can appreciate it like a bit more in this one just because I'm I'm so like fond of the story um, and just the whole um, shape-shifting like, idea of the alien. It's, I think it's quite a simple setup. But I think it's just the execution of it, um, the location, just how isolated they are, um, and then it's the it's the aliens, kind of like plan, isn't it, to kind of make its way through um, to different shapes in order to try and get away. Um, and I think yeah, the, well, I the still quite like as well. Unfold... Oh, sorry. You don't. I was going to just going to say I quite like as well. You don't particularly know the aliens' full motivation. No. You don't really know why it's on Earth. Um, why is it there? Is it was it? Why is it, is it there to take over? Is it there? Yeah. Did it just crash land? Is that even its ship, or did it infect another alien? Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, and, it, and then it shifted into that. And yes, I think all those bits that are left, kind of like open, um, only help just add to just yeah the the unknown around um, yeah what it what it actually what that thing actually is, um, and in terms of like the practical effects, I mean these are like. Consider it's an eighties film. These are some at best, um, and it's it's just a shame the um, they followed up with a reboot slash remaking of it um, that was just poor, like very poorly executed with CGI. Um, and then again, I think it just it's a testament to the original because the original one still stands up even against the the remake. The original was a nineteen fifties one. The nineteen eighty two one was a remake as well. Oh, but the this one then has like <laughs> it, it, nobody. Does anyone really go back to the fifties one? Yeah, I think I think yeah. to be fair, Jack Jack Scott is correct. You can't just you can't just point up point in time and say now everything's original from this point on. Well, the the actual like the remaking, whichever one that came out in like two thousand, I can't remember the date. Eleven is it eleven? The second remake. The second remake. I'm gonna I'm excluding the nine fifties one because no one's seen it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that one, <laughs> that one, just too heavily relied on CGI. Whereas the eighties version um, is just, yeah, I think it's just fantastic. The fact that, like we said, the autopsy, the interrogation, just the suspense, um, and the yeah, Kurt Russell, just absolutely, yeah, great character. Right. I could have probably filled my list with um, five John Carpenter films, but. Well, I narrowed it down to one. I narrowed it down to one. To not... 
interesting bit of trivia was um, John Carpenter also directed the first Halloween. In Halloween, they they showed the 1950s version of The Thing on the TV as the film that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis were watching. So it was kind of a it was kind of a nod that he was going to eventually make remake The Thing um, a few years later. See, Fran, somebody has seen it. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Fran, I know you're just upset because you were in the 1950s. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you don't remember the original, Fran. Just old, man. Yeah, just, just forgot. Forgot all about it. That's how good the 80s one is. <clears throat> well, it's just dementia. Your old age, isn't it? <laughs> Any opportunity. Right, my number two. Sam's number two? Yeah. This is it. 1987's The Lost Boys. Okay. So, hesitate about putting this film on, because it's not scary. Um, But in terms of nostalgia for me, and I guess this is a family thing for the for my... Brother Parents, The Lost Boys was our family film because I was named after the character Sam in The Lost Boys because this was a 1987, born in 1991. That's right, guys. I'm a spring chicken, still young. (laughs) Um, But essentially the story is two brothers move with their mum to um, a seaside town in America, um... Santa Barbara, I think it is. And basically, while they're there, they discover that this this little uh, lovely quaint place is actually the home of vampires. It's got Kiefer Sutherland as the head vampire with his gang of like um, punk vampire crew that he rolls around with. He's got bleach blonde, spiky hair. Yeah, and he's got it's just got a great ensemble of cast. You have the Frog Brothers, which are the two two uh, teenage <laughs> lads who run the comic book store who know about vampires, and then join um, Sam as he sets out to battle the vampires. His brother Michael becomes a vampire. That's a, a crucial part of the story. Yeah, and it just has a just has a lot of cool scenes. Um, as a leads to a penultimate battle with the vampires attacking the family home, and you have Van- Michael fighting the other vampires when he's a vampire. You get the dog Wolfie. Classic name for a dog. Yeah, it's just a. It's a. It, I think it's a. I think it's in terms of if, if if we were talking top five vampire films, it'd be battling for the number one spot. Would it be them. between but, that and Twilight. Oh. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I I would recommend if you've not seen if you've not seen Lost Boys, um. Definitely worth a definitely worth a rewatch. A lot of practical effects. You know, uh, even as like he has a a cool thing with the mum dating this absolute douchebag dude who turns out to be a vampire. Spoiler alert. Give it a watch. It's fun. It's it's quite funny in places. It's not very serious. Definitely definitely not a a scary horror, but um, in the vampire genre, very good. I think we've just got Ben left for his number one. Otherwise, I think we're we're covered. Ben gets the finale. This is it just me for the finale? Mm. Um, 
So my number one, and I, I fully expect some throwback. That this is not a horror film at all. Boo. Um, but it's by far the film that's had the most lasting psychological impact. Oh my god! Is it, is, is it Infinity Wars? <laughs> <laughs> um, part of that was because I'd watched it as a kid, um, so it's always going to be more scary. Um, so my number one is Jaws. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I was doing swimming lessons at the time. I saw this. Um, <laughs> always had to double check the bottom of the pool, make sure um, no big great white waiting down <laughs> down there for me. You know, taking the bath as well. You know, your mind would just for a split second to be like, "John, no, it's not real." How deep should a bath? <laughs> well, you know, you're, just, in, you're, again, you're in that like you're in that scarface pool, waiting for that fin. Seeing it so early. Um, and the music oh, as yeah. well. Music's, you know, um, it's iconic. So again, it's, my dad used to just hum it to me to make me feel <laughs> uncomfortable because he knew, probably knew I didn't like it that much. Um, Classic dad move. Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's just a yeah, it's just it's just one film that's had a lasting psychological fear afterwards. Yeah, I, I um, which is why, why I, I've chosen it. <laughs> I understand why people might not see it as a horror film, although I think it technically can be classic. Technically, as well. yeah, it's, it's um, on the because that um, shark can be pretty scary. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think this. I I still have a thing now where if I go into the sea, the sea is the key part, not a swimming pool, but the sea, where you can't see beneath the water properly. The fear of sharks is is immense, and there's there's no sharks in uh, inland Yorkshire. So really, I, I credit Jaws as well for that fear. I think you think you're probably right. No sharks, no megalodons. Yeah, I think we're pretty safe. Yeah, and I know I know horror films are meant to have like a constant. You're meant to keep you in a constant fear of dread. Like you can get you any time, but I do I do think as well that third act where then the shark never leaves the screen, and it's just a uh, the three main characters trapped on the boat. Just that, that constant sense of dread in this uh, gliding monster below the surface. And the fact that you never see the shark really up until like the last kind of almost like 20 minutes. Yeah, I think it's only really I... till it jumps on the boat is when you see it properly. Which, and the effects of that doesn't hold up. But I don't think it takes anything away from the film. Like, yeah. I, I, I still always have that original image in my head and I don't think I'll ever lose that original image in my head when I first yeah. saw it and I don't and think any other shark films uh, sorry I just, I just uh, I think yeah. I don't think any other shark films really created the tension and the fear like Joe's you know Deep Blue Sea it, it just doesn't work in the same way and obviously Meg, the Meg is obviously a masterpiece uh, <laughs> it goes without saying but um, it, it, it's, it's more of a comedy horror than Meg <laughs> Do you ever go to a Disney World to experience the ride, Ben? Because I think that would have terrified you as well. It's actually no, Universal Studios. Yeah, uh, yeah, Florida. Just, just Florida. Yeah. I, I do know. I know about the ride, um, but no, never, never the ride is immense. Just to just yeah. to throw it out there, the ride does make you jump a lot. Oh yeah, with sharks and real fire explosions and stuff. Yeah, the way this thing now, I don't, I don't actually. There's actually sharks are really scare me that much now. In fact, I find them really fascinating. And I think that's part of this film as well, in the fact that it scared me so much. 
as a kid. Pretty sure that if you came face to face with a shark in this in the sea, you you would be pretty scared. No, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you just saw in <laughs> yeah. the middle of the ocean, I mean, if if shark were tearing you to pieces, was just like... <laughs> yeah, and you're like, save me, guys. We'd be like, I thought you weren't scared. Might <laughs> <laughs> you just punch it in its face on its snout? That's a classic thing, yeah. isn't it? Punch it in its snout. You are Jason Statham. <laughs> Take on my bare hands. You're not Statham. I'm sorry to say. None of us are Statham. All right then, let's have a, let's have a quick run through then. Just um, Jack, what's your list from from five to one? Let's rehear it. Five to one. <clears throat> I've got number five, The Exorcist. Number four, Insidious. Number three, Scream. Number two, Hereditary. And number one, Alien. Very nice. Very nice. Fran, what's your list from five to five number to five one? Was Cabin in the Woods. Number four was Annihilation. Number three um, was It Follows. Number two, Alien. And number one, uh, the best horror, uh, The Thing. Dan, what's your list from five to one? I've gone The Mist at five, Babadook at four, Green Room at three, The Shining at two, and It Follows at number one. All right, Ben. So I've got Dog Soldiers at number five, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers at number four, Evil Dead 2 at number three, The Thing, 1982, at number two, <laughs> and Jaws for number one. Very nice. And mine was five was Insidious, four, Paranormal Activity, three, It, 2017 version, two, The Lost Boys, and one, The Shining. I think that was only five duplicates we had there, which was pretty good going. It follows Shining, Alien, The Thing, and Insidious. Yeah, and there'll definitely be some hardcore horror fans who hate these lists. <laughs> no, I guess. Yeah. I think um, I think we're not the biggest horror fans in general. I think that's safe to say. I mean, it depends how you what you're going for for your list, because I'd agree with you that I think Alien and Shining are probably debatably the two best horror films of all time but it's just um, they're not ever films I think to watch you know if I'm, if I'm in the mood for horror I don't just think oh quite like to watch The Shining if that makes sense yeah no 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 yeah. I agree I think they're not very, not very rewatchable for definite Bran I'm surprised you didn't go with um, Teeth <laughs> <laughs> I have. I've seen. I've seen teeth. Yeah, I thought yeah, that but... would have been that would have been terrifying for you. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. Um, Event Horizon. Oh, as well. it, it, it did. It, it, it was on the list, and then I, I just quickly scrubbed it out just before the call. Um, I rented it, so I re-rented Event Horizon, thinking, yeah, this is definitely like you know maybe fourth or third place. I knew Alien and the Thing was definitely the top two. Um, yeah, rented it. Didn't like it. It's not what I remembered, but no, but no. more more back to the crucial mm-hmm. point. The reason why you've skipped discussing teeth is because <laughs> it created it created an undoubtable fear in you that vaginas <laughs> could be dangerous. Yeah, I, I, I was like, no, I'm out. This is this is not what I need. So similar with you, Ben, <laughs> you know, sharks and stuff. It's it's just one of those things. 
quite possibly <laughs> like, you know, your worst nightmare. Vagina with teeth. <laughs> but then, but then, when you grew up, oh yeah, then it's, you know, it's, it's just yeah, you yeah, came to look at Is that <laughs> fascinating? <by them>. <laughs> <laughs> Study them greatly. Yep. <laughs> that, that, if you need a no context quote for this episode, that is it. When you grew up, you came to love vaginas. So yeah. Well, are there any films anyone surprising? Um, I've got um, some honourable mentions. Yes. mentioned. Um, Get Out was on my original five, but I took Midsummer, it off. I thought that might have come up. But then I thought, actually, maybe that's a bit too. I, I honestly think that film is shite. I didn't like it. I watched it I watched it this week thinking, I've heard plenty of hype about it. I thought, if I watch mm. it, would it get Exorcist on the Exorcist made but... it, didn't it? So, yeah, oh, um, uh, maybe sci-fi, but um, The Fly? Yeah, I thought I thought Ben uh, would yeah, say the fly. I'd have expected Ben to drop that one in. Um, Scream was in my honourable mention. I, I do really like um, my honourable mention is the thing. So I think the thing would have probably well nearly got mentioned three times. Um, Alien got mentioned yeah. twice, did it or three times? Sorry. Another random one, a Sam Sam uh, Raimi one. Uh, is it Sam Raimi? I think Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, that was nearly on my list as well. Um, and then I got a really um, obscure yeah. one, um, Bone Tomahawk. But I, I don't think everyone would have seen that one. So. I like yeah, I've seen Tomahawk. it. I just don't, just don't think it's a horror again. It's, I looked on Horror List Online and, like say, Get Out and Us, mm. two films I enjoyed, but debate. And then um, Split. Split was showing on a what? lot of horror Jaws, lists. Jaws showed up. So you know? when you said that, Ben, that, that didn't really surprise me because I was like, oh, they're classing it as a horror. So. But I think it's because mm. horror, you think, oh, it's, it's got to be like a monster. I think there's a... There's a yeah. There's like, almost, like just this idea that horror film has to be something like The Thing, for instance, where you see a lot of body horror and something deforming a human being, killing it in some way. I don't think it's that. I think horror has to invoke fear, but I think because a lot of thrillers very dance on that line, don't that's, they? That's why it's I think very broad. So I think coming up on it, it's, weird, it's very broad, isn't it? I agree that it, it kind of is. Because oh, um, I saw one thing that came quite high on the list um, was uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween. But I figured because we talked about Halloween, that's why it wouldn't come up on our list. Yeah, I think also... Um, because we've previously discussed zombie top oh. fives, I missed zombie oh, yeah. films off my list. But actually, yeah, um, yeah, I could have I, easily put zombie films in. I think of all the zombie films, I think Wreck probably would have been really high on my actual horror. I think yeah. Wreck yeah. is uh, one of the most scary. Yeah, definitely. I'm surprised definitely. Um, Sinister or Conjuring didn't appear on anyone's list. Uh, yeah. popped up. I had Sinister. Um, but didn't put it on. Another honourable mention. Have you seen um, Dark Skies? No, it doesn't ring a bell. That's a that's no. a bit of a that's a bit of a sci-fi horror where like it's about like aliens possessing a kid. Um, yeah, I just remember watching it and enjoying it. Let's uh, should we wrap this episode up? Because gotta appreciate and uh, say thanks to Jack for coming on the episode, and we'll. Definitely be having him back, regardless of <laughs> whether he wants to or not. 
Yeah, nice one for enjoying Jack. Thank you but for having me. He's battled on through um for all this time with coronavirus to give you the legit top five horror films. That's it. And dispute uh, Franz bullshit. So <laughs> I just want to say thanks. <laughs> I think Jack were quite appreciative of. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. No comment. Thanks, <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. It, no, it's a good list. Good list. The only one I would maybe dispute, but I understand why it would be classed as a horror, would be Jaws. But that's because when I first saw it, I didn't see it as a horror film. I saw it as a as a thriller. So I think it's just ingrained in me that it was not a horror film. But I do, you know, it does obviously have horror horror elements. Um. But, you know. Yeah. No, great, I, I understand great why. Film. Yeah, great film, regardless. It's, it's I mean, the... I mean, I think any top five we do, I'm going to try and put Jaws in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Rom coms. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> top top five films with a female lead. Uh, Jaws. You don't know the gender of the shark. It can be a female. <laughs> gender. Right. Okay. Okay. Let's. Uh... Let's wrap it up. Thanks again for Jets coming on. It's a, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. To Ralph and me. Uh, adios from me. And Jack, say goodbye, please. See ya. See ya, pals. Well, that's it for the episode. And we hope you enjoyed the discussion. Next time. It's time to be nice, until it's time not to be nice. Roadhouse.